What is going on, everybody? This is the I Am Pitts podcast, and this is your host, Dexter Pitts, otherwise known as DP. And as you all know, I've got to drop that disclaimer. The opinions and views you're about to hear are the opinions and views of mine and mine alone. They are not a reflection of my department or any other organization that I am a member of. With that said, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of church. Excuse me, church. Got to say it right. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. John fourteen twenty seven. The one word that I want you all to pick up on in that verse is peace. When you hear the word peace, what comes to mind? Think about it for a second. I'm sure when you think of peace, you think of your favorite place, possibly a beach, possibly being at home on your couch, a comfortable home, welcomed by your family, sitting watching a movie, kicking your feet up, out with your friends, having a good time somewhere, some destination far, far from where you work. Peace could be so many things to so many different people. But what I have come to learn is that Peace has evaded me. Not just me, but peace has evaded my profession. I remember I gave you all a verse about blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. But my question I am proposing to you all, I want you to think about, especially for those in the law enforcement profession or in the military right now, or anybody that carries a gun for that for that fact, but where do the peacemakers go to find peace these days? Where do police officers, first responders go to find peace? So it used to be when I started policing in 2009, I could get off, go home, watch a movie. I could turn on the NFL, get on Netflix. I could go anywhere. I could go to church and I could find an escape from the chaos and the pandemonium that was my job patrolling the streets. I had an escape. There's always somewhere I could go or somebody I could talk to to get me away from the chaos of policing. But now, those days are gone. And I say that with regret because there is literally very, very few places where I can go and feel peace. Now, yes, I have a peaceful home because my wife is phenomenal and she ensures that I have peace. But where do I go for entertainment now as a police officer where I am not constantly reminded of how horrible and evil my profession is? You know, it used to be I used to watch the NFL. I love the NFL. I've been an NFL fan most of my life a diehard 49er fan all my life. And I loved Colin Kaepernick when he came out. I was his biggest fan, biggest fan. We went to the Super Bowl, you know, we lost the Super Bowl and I was just cheering for him and the team. I was so in it, you know, and I didn't think about work. I didn't think about being a police officer. I didn't think about anything. I just enjoyed the game. I'm not big on sports, but I do love my football, yo, but, even that there has now been taken from us. Sports, it has been taken from us in this profession. 
you know, I'm not going to lie. When Colin Kaepernick started doing the whole kneeling thing, I, I was one of those guys that was like, this is America. You can't do that. And, you know, how quick I forgot that not only me, I fought for him to be able to do so, even though I might not agree. I've had friends that I know personally that have fought and died for this country. The men and women who have kept America free for so long to ensure Colin Kaepernick's right to take a knee and protest, even though I think his protest is absolute garbage and not based on facts, and I do not agree with it, he still has the right to do so. And I have the right not to watch anymore. But it's for me, it's not about the fact that I have the right not to watch anymore. I want to watch, but I just can't. And it drives me crazy because the one place, the one thing I used to have to look forward to, to get me away from the chaos of work, was gone. Absolutely gone. And every time I turned on the NFL, Sports Center, everybody's talking about the big, bad, racist police, the biased police. Everything has just been inundated with anti-police all the things that used to give me peace just constantly drums up a reminder of this last year. The protests, the riots, this how evil and bad police officers are, you know, everything. And you know, I'm not going to lie, it hurts. It does. I mean, I, w- I remember I got on Call of Duty sometime last year. And as I cut on Call of Duty, I saw the Black Lives Matter symbol and then they had a statement about you know ea sports and call of duty you know stands with the black lives matter movement just like what the heck man it's like no i cut that off i go cut on netflix and right there we're standing with black lives matter and you know the black people of color and against the police and violence cut off netflix man i think i'm just watching tv cut on switch by the news guess what the news is talking about how big bad and evil the police are well, where in the heck am I supposed to go to find some peace? Ah, oh, you know what? I know where I could go. I'm going to church. I'm going to go to church. Because, you know, the church, we're supposed to be not focused on color. But the character of people are supposed to be out there saving souls. And none of this garbage is supposed to exist within the church body. Wrong. This has been the biggest and hardest part for me. Since all this madness has kicked off over the last year. The place I used to go to for peace at the church is no longer. Now, I'm not saying calling my church out. My, there are still some wonderful, great people in my church. But since I've been back, I noticed that my church has gone a dramatic, dramatic transformation. The people that once brought me to the church are gone. And these are good people. Phenomenal people. And I loved my church then. I still love my church. But the people that are gone, some of the things I've heard, it just killed me that some people within the church, the church pretty much started splitting down the middle between political ideologies. And that is not what the church is supposed to be about. I saw things on Facebook Live when I was in Arizona and I was like, what the heck is going on with certain church members? During the riots and protesting, you know, and I was just like, and, and I'm not, let me just say this. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can't protest. Doesn't mean you can't be pro whatever you want to be, you know, pro-police, anti-police. That's fine. I, I don't care, yo, but 
man, the church house is supposed to be sacred. But man, walking back into church when we got here, I was so uncomfortable because I was wondering what is everybody going to think or say about me because I'm the police again. Now, like I say, I'm very strong and opinionated in my opinion. And there have been people from the church who unfriended me because I was very pro-Trump and they're very, <laughs> very on the other side, you could say. And um, people know me, man. I'm not a, I'm not siding with anything based on color, yo. And it, that's just never going to be me. And some people took offense to that. And apparently some of the people that I love from the church that brought me to that church, people within the church were calling them racist because they didn't agree with their ideologies or their beliefs or their political beliefs. And the church is the one place in this world that is supposed to be united regardless of color and politics. But let me tell y'all, the devil has been busy and this. The devil has infiltrated the church big time. Now, I used to watch churches on internet, on the internet, Stephen Furtick and all these other guys, man. But guess what? They even started going down this road. And, you know, people try to debate. Well, he didn't say anything bad about the police. No, not necessarily. But they started going down the whole black victim mentality, the poor black person route. And my thing is, how can you say that you have victory in Jesus Christ? But the moment you step out of the church, you play the victim role in society. How can these two go together? That's not how it's supposed to go. So either we got the victory in Jesus Christ or we don't. Either we are victims or we're victors. There is no other. But see, society, the media and all these things has made people into either one or two categories. Victims or oppressors. There is no other. There is no victors. If you're a victor these days, you're a racist person. You're, you know, you're bigoted, you're biased and you're cheating people and you're just oppressing people. There is there is no such thing as vic victors today. It's literally those two categories. And the thing is, for me, I refuse to be a victim. I'm not oppressed. I'm good. I live a wonderful life. But no matter how wonderful my life is that I'm living right now, I do not have peace like I wish I could. I go to church. I love church and I enjoy church. But I realize that church is different now. And the way some people look at me is different. Some people at church won't talk to me. They'll throw me a, hey, what's up, you know. I've been paying attention since I was gone and I read people's Facebook posts. I do. I do. And the thing is, this has been a long time coming. So years ago, before I started going to this church, this was about maybe five, six years ago, I was at a different church. And this was when the whole Mike Brown thing, you know, BLM really started, started going up. And I just remember being asked to be on this panel as a black cop. And I just saw, I just saw where the church was going. I saw it clear as day. I saw some of the things that my, uh, one of my pastors was saying, you know, Jesus was a social justice warrior. Yo, and I'm just like, man, what in the heck is going on? You know? And the writing was on the wall, on the wall. Say, I am a man that loves to go to church and loves to pay my tithe and loves to serve and pray for people. But I'm also a man that I'm not going to sit here and pay tithe to a place that is condemning my profession and my brothers and sisters that have put so much on the line time and time again, you know, I couldn't do it. You know, and I left, I left that church and it hurt cause it was a good church, good people, you know? And it's like, it just drives me crazy the way everything is now. Everything is just so inundated with anti-police, you know, no matter where you go, every show you turn on, 
every show you turn on, it's about the police being corrupt. There's never no such thing as a good cop on any show right now. It's drives me crazy. You know, I was watching a show the other night called The Shy. I've loved The Shy. It's been a great show. I believe it's on H, uh, Showtime, man. Great show. It's on its third season. First episode of this season, what happens? Two young black kids in Chicago walking down the street. They decide to start getting in a fight. Next thing you know, the police show up. Guess what? Oh, they got their guns drawn on these young black guys. And guess what? Now these black people are, these young black kids are, you know, terrorized and traumatized. And now, you know, it it just takes away from my enjoyment because I know that Hollywood and the left is coming after my profession. They're coming after my job. They're coming after my family. They're coming after the same people that want to protect them, man. This is maddening. It's crazy. Everywhere you go. So where do we, the peacemakers, go to find peace? You know, and I was talking to my friends the other day and I told them I realized that I have lived in chaos for so long between Iraq and coming home and getting on the police department and working in the West End and and just going from call to call, shootings to shootings, that I don't know how to live in peace. A lot of us cops and first responders might not admit to that, but this job is addicting. Combat is addicting. War is a drug. Believe it or not, policing is a drug. And I have been an addict and addicted to it for about 12 years. You know, I constantly always think about Iraq, even though it's 16 plus years behind me. I still think about being on patrol because I enjoyed it, that rush, that feeling, having that power in your hands with that machine gun, knowing that you're representing the world's strongest military and you're just ready to wreck anybody that would step to you. you know? Then to go from that to, you know, being a police officer, driving code three, you know, you got your lights and sirens blaring. You're coming on a scene. It's pure, pure pure pandemonium i remember one time i was on a fight scene in the west end i was outnumbered it was like maybe god like maybe 25 30 people in a neighborhood fight people had bats out and i was the first person on scene and i was pretty much surrounded and i was just trying to take control of the scene and trying to stop people from fighting man and you know and i didn't care that i was the only officer there should know i should have waited but i was just Young, stupid, and gung-ho, like, yo, I'm going to go handle business, man. Let's do this. I, I was excited. It was fun, man. Yo, just, you know, the the thought of not knowing what's about to happen to you, yo, that your adrenaline's pumping your neck, and you're just trying to take control of the scene, and you hear the sirens in the background. You hear your homeboys, your homegirls coming to back you up, yo. Then, you know, you get the whole thing settled and take somebody to jail, man, and then it's all over. And then you get to go home and think about it. Then you get to come back and do it again the next night with your friends, man. Pistols drawn, going and clearing houses. You know, just people running from you, chasing people, catching people. And then you go home. And you wait to go and do it again the next day. Because it it is addicting. And not only that, the money in policing is addicting. And I know people think, what what money are you talking about, man? We don't make money. Yeah, we don't make the most money. But the opportunities to make money... In this job, like just working, going at a sitting at a construction site, making 35, 40, 45, 50 bucks an hour. It's easy, man. Easy money. And it becomes so addicting. It's a lifestyle that you get so used and accustomed to. 
And once you turn it on, it's so hard to turn off. And me, I've always been out there chasing that high, chasing the money, chasing all this cool stuff. You know, what's what led me to go to the Border Patrol? You know, that was always one of my personal goals. I didn't hate policing. I loved it. But I wanted to be that federal agent. I wanted to be the guy in the commercial propelling out of the helicopter, riding the ATV through the desert, chasing illegal aliens in the mountains, you know, doing nighttime operations with your night vision goggles in the middle of the desert. Man, do all of that cool stuff. Got to do it. You know, then while I'm there, guess what? The riots kick off back in Kentucky and here in Louisville. And I'm like, man, I got to get home. I got to get home. I got to get into the chaos. I got to rush to be a part of this insanity. I'm going to be a part of history. I want to I want to be in it. Just seeing it all going on. And that's how I know that I'm a special breed of person. My buddies are special breed of people. Because people see this crazy stuff. Normal people see it and like, why in the hell would I want to go into the heart of that? Why would I want to have anything to do with that? No, that's not safe. That's not where I want to be. I want to be in my house. I want to be in peace and left alone. Me? I don't want to be in my house. I don't want to be in peace. I need the chaos to thrive and survive. So I came back to Louisville and the first thing I did, I was like, hey, what do I have to do to get back on SRT? I was like, man, you ain't got to do nothing. Just come get your gear. We need help. And I was there front and center for the chaos and been there every day for the most part since I've been back just constantly when when I came back I could have gone anywhere I wanted to work in the city they was like hey what division you want to go you can go out to the east end with with the rich people where there's really low crime and no problems you can go out to the 7th division out in the county where it's country man you got where do you want to go put me downtown yeah yeah put me downtown I want to be in the heart of the protest, in the heat of the battle, in the heat of the moment. I want to be where it's happening, where it's popping at all the time, because I am addicted to the chaos and I do not like to live in peace. Well, let me say I don't like to live in peace. I want to live in peace. I just don't know how. And I'm just now starting to realize that. And see, a lot of officers are not going to tell you, you know, that this job, you love this job and. You will put this job before your family and your health every time because it's so easy to do. This job fulfills you. This job makes you important. This job makes you feel like you're somebody. But when you're not doing this job, you feel like you're nobody. When you put that badge away and you walk away, a part of you is missing because this job becomes so ingrained in you, man. It, I mean, it becomes your life. I just like I said, I just remember being a rookie, just going to sleep like, man. Oh, I can't wait to go to work in the morning. Can't wait to go to work in the morning. Oh, man, I can't wait to go to the next call. Man, hope somebody gets robbed today. I, I want to make a robbery call. You know, man, oh, I can't wait to get to the shooting. I want to be the first person on scene at the shooting. Like, you just get so inundated with the police life, man. And it just, and it's such a good feeling. It's such a good high and it's such a good hit every single time. Just constantly getting that dopamine hit, man. Constantly, constantly. But see, what we got to remember is, it feels good now, yo, but we are humans, man. And our bodies are machines. And what happens when you start to rev your engine so much, keep hitting the gas, and you keep putting them RPMs high up and just running that engine so hard? Eventually, that engine is going to start to throttle back. That engine is going to not hit as go as hard as fast because you've worked so much. 
And I'm at that point in my career personally where it's like, man, I am. I still love it. I love getting out there. I love getting after it. I love, you know, being in the streets and people getting surrounded. I still enjoy all that. You know, but I know that it takes its toll. And it has been for many years. But like I said, it's not a one situation. It's just micro tears here, there, there. One incident, one incident, one incident. You know, you get shot at this time and, you know, you just keep pounding these traumas and all the stuff on top of each other. You know, and then all of a sudden you just hit the wall and it's just like, man, what am I doing? Like, and you, this is when you start seeing officers in that decline about the fifth year, fifth, five year officers where they start getting a little disgruntled. You know, they start paying attention to stuff that they can't control and fix getting involved in politics and all this and dogging out their other friends and such because they're so tired and stressed out because like I said, it's a drug and it's addicting. I said, this is the best profession. I love being a cop. But like I said, in one of my uh, previous podcasts, this job does not love you back. So therefore I think it is so important that we as police officers, we have to learn to live in peace. And the, most cops are, do not want to hear that. We have to find something outside of this uniform. We have to find an identity outside of here. We do. Because you can't be the police 24-7. It's not healthy for you. It's not good for you. It's not good for your family. And I've done that for so long, for so many years. I'm starting to see the effects of it in my personal life. With my family, with my kids. Like, daddy's always going to work. And, you know, hey, yeah, daddy's got to pay the bills. Daddy's got to make some money. But... At a certain point in time, my fellow law enforcement officers and first responders, you know, we really got to learn to pull that, pull it back and do what we're supposed to do as husbands and wives and, you know, and really start putting our families and our health first. Because like I say, man, this job, it taxes your body mentally and emotionally and physically. It does. Like I, said, I hurt my shoulder. It's like... Two weeks ago at work chasing after some guy and diving and tackling him. You know, like thinking I'm like 25 years old. My 37-year-old body, my 37-year-old shoulders is calling out to me like, dude, take it easy, man. My freaking ankle's still hurting from it. Like, I'm not 25 no more. But in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I can still do this. I can still get out here and get after it. And I try to do it, yo. But my, like I say, my body and my mind is starting to kick back like, dude, it's time to chill out a little bit. A little bit, Dex, but I just don't want to chill out. Because like I said, I'm addicted to the chaos and the peace. I love it. I enjoy it. It is definitely a drug. But you get so much of it to a certain point. It's just not effective no more. You don't get that high. Like I say, I've been doing it so long. You know, we get a hot call. The tones go off. Somebody's shot. I don't get that adrenaline spike necessarily anymore. I still get a little excited. But, you know, I don't get that adrenaline putting my, you know, pedal to the metal, lights and sirens blaring. I'm just like, I'll get there. Just get there safe. You know? So we have to find something outside of ourselves to find peace outside of this job. And see, we have classes on the PD all the time. People come and talk to us about this. And we always, as cops, as alpha males and females, we always blow this off. And like, <laughs> this guy don't know what he's talking about. I'm good. It's never going to be me. I'm going to be all right. But the truth is, that's not the case. It's not the case. It. It happens to all of us. Like I say, we are running ourselves so hard, so fast, for so long that there are going to be effects. You might not feel it now, but you will later. And so we laugh at these people that come in and tell us 
you know, have side hobbies and, you know, get a hobby. Go do something else on the side. You know, we just laugh at, you know, talk about your feelings and like, oh, no, no, I don't have feelings. I'm a cop. You know, I'm an alpha male. I'm an alpha female. I don't know. Everybody wants to look strong in front of the other people. But truth is, you're dying inside. And I can tell. And like, I'm, I'm just at the point in my career where I just don't have to be the tough guy no more. I'm, I'm not interested in being the tough guy. I want to be the healthy guy. I want to be the guy that's still alive after he leaves profession, that's still married and still has a good marriage and has a good family. That's the guy I want to be, be when all this is over. But I drifted a little bit. Let me get back on track. But like I say, man, like I used to have places to go, but I just really don't no more. Because everywhere I go, everything is just anti-police now. Like, so where do we, the peacemakers, go to find peace? It used to be the church and you know, sometimes I go to church, but I just really don't have peace at church because of the things I saw on social media with the church, you know. Like I said, we can't really turn to sports. Man, I mean, the NBA's ratings were the lowest it's ever been this past year. You know, because as soon as you turn on the NBA, what do you see? The Black Lives Matter logo, you know, and, you know, and they're just constant reminder how racist you are. You know, people went to NASCAR, then Bubba Wallace went off on the whole news thing that turned out to be completely blown out of proportion. You know, and it's just everything keeps getting inundated with racism and just how evil America is and how evil cops are. You know, where do we go? This is it. It drives me crazy, man, because there's really nowhere you can go to just get peace besides going on a hike. You know, just going outside and getting away from people in society. That's the only place we can really truly go to find peace because everywhere you go, you're reminded of how horrible of a person you are. I mean, heck, you could just sell certain cleaning products, man. I think it was like seven generation cleaners or something came out against the police and my wife uses the products. I'm just like, Jesus, man. Like, we can't even use these cleaning products anymore. Like, everybody hates us that bad. <laughs> you know, all you can do is laugh because it is so just everything's so blown out of proportion. You know, but I don't want to be the person that's just so pessimistic because I know that there are still a lot of good people out there. And I can't tell you how many times I've had my meal paid for just being at work, going out and trying to buy something. It's like, officer, thank you for your service. Your meal's on me. Or so we try to pay. Hey, somebody paid for the whole table. Yo, I mean, you know, that's that's phenomenal, man. That's so there's still a lot of good people out here pulling for us. And we appreciate the free meals. We appreciate the thank yous and the handshakes and the hugs. We really do. But the problem is, when we take off this uniform, where do we go to really get escape from this? I mean, even at families. I mean, you know, we have there are people in our families that are completely on the other side of the of this whole issue and just see you as, you know, being working for the man, selling out your people. You know, there's officers that have to deal with this stuff in their off time because it's everywhere. You just can't be who you are. You're never just who you are when you're in this profession. Remember, you're not just I'm not just Dexter. I'm Dexter the cop. You know, and, and on a level, it feels good. It makes you feel important, man. Because you know what's going on in the city. You know all the hot gossip, who killed who, who stabbed who. You know everything for the most part, but you don't want to know everything because you don't always want to be at work. And I'm getting to that point in my life now where it's like, man, I love my job, but I'm trying to learn to love myself more my family. I'm trying to learn to be there more, be around and not just be in constant police mode. But that's the problem when you live in a large metropolis area like Louisville, you are constantly in this environment. So even when I'm off, I'm still, the switch is still turned on. 
because I have my gun at my side everywhere I go on my badge just in case something happens. I got to take action, protect my family, protect others, because I take my oath serious. And I believe in the sanctity of life and providing protection to the people I swore to protect, even when I'm off. You know, I used to drive my police car everywhere when I first got on this department. Now, when I'm off, I don't touch that thing, man. <laughs> it sits it sits out in the parking lot and I want nothing to do with it because I love being the police. But I'm trying to learn to not be the police. I'm trying to learn to just be Dexter. I'm trying to learn to love my kids better, my wife better, myself better. I'm trying to learn to put myself first and take care of my health so that I can be here long after I decide to ever hang up the badge. And it's so hard, people. I don't think people realize that, man. And, you know, it's just, where where do I go? I don't know. You know, some people continue to watch football, and that's, I don't have a problem with that. You know, I'm not canceling my subscriptions to Netflix and all this stuff because there's, I got to have something to do. You know, I'm just trying to learn to ignore most of the crap that's in shows. Like, I don't even watch TV that much, but it's just... Everything I turn on, just a constant reminder, <laughs> constant reminder of how not wanted we are and how evil we are. That I just absolutely, and, and it kills because it's not true, not the truth at all. Not true. The fact that people think that we are really out here indiscriminately killing black people and hunting black men down is just the biggest lie. And the numbers and the data shows that. But like I said, the media constantly pushes this agenda constantly pushes this it's in our sports it's in our churches now and it breaks my heart because it not it never used to be like this i used to be able to separate myself kind of you know when i first started but now there's literally no separation you know, i'm constantly on constantly turned on and my kids notice it daddy relax mom you know, my wife relax dex we're good you know i just i can't because i'm so used to the chaos and so love the chaos so much that i can't live in peace. I don't know how to live in peace. And that is what I want to learn to do. I want to learn to live in peace. That's what I want. I want to be able to let my hair down, even though I'm bald, <laughs> just relax a little bit and just cut it off and just be a dad, just be a husband, just be a normal person because I've never been normal. Ever since I joined the military at age of 19 and went to Iraq, and even after I got through Iraq, like I said, I went to college to try to get a normal job. But normal has never been my thing, man. Never been my thing. I'm not a nine to five, sit in a cubicle type of guy. You put paperwork in front of me, I will stress out. The room will start spinning and I'm looking at the clock and the clock's moving backwards. I can't do it. I lose my crap. <laughs> but guess what? Put me on the skirmish line in front of a riot. People yelling at me, carrying guns, threatening to shoot me. I'm cool and I'm happy. Don't even think twice about it. It's where I'm supposed to be. I always tell people that God has made me to dwell in the chaos. A life in the chaos in the areas that people don't want to be is where I'm at my best. Well, the problem is my family and my kids don't live in that chaos. And then when I come home to that peace, I don't know how to live in it with them. Because I'm constantly feeling like I got to get up and go work. I got to constantly get up and go help and serve others. But the truth is... If I can't serve and protect my own family first, how can I protect and serve the people of the city that I serve? You got to take care of your family and yourself first, man. You really do. You got to love yourself and love your family because when this job is over one day, 
and you move on. Trust me, I remember when I left, nobody cared. Yeah, I have people that love me that were like, man, we're going to miss you, bro. Yeah, I'm going to miss y'all too. But guess what? The city went on. The police department went on. My family went with me. But guess what? When I came back, guess what? The place was still here. The place didn't skip a beat. Crime was still going on. People were still policing without Dexter Pitts. And that's not fair to my family because they did not sign up for this. Like I said, I did. I chose this profession. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to make my living. And my, like I said, your family serves with you. They didn't choose this. So the least I can do is to learn to dwell in that peace with them at home. And that just constantly, constantly. I'm not going to lie. I look for re- I'm not going to say I look for reasons to be offended, but I'm just, I get offended by stuff that's constantly anti-police because it's constantly in my face. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. And I had a, we were talking about the Confederate flag, and I told my buddy, I was like, you know, how black people feel about the Confederate flag? When black people see the Confederate flag, they think of, you know, slavery, racism, the Confederate. You know, we, we all know what the Confederate flag is. I said, I'm not offended by the Confederate flag because I have friends that have flown it, and they're not racist because they say it represents their, their Southern heritage. Personally, I don't agree with the Confederate flag. I feel like they tried to su- succeed. They lost. They're second runner-up. They lost the Civil War. Boom. Why well, fly the flag of a loser? But I support my friends that want to fly because this is America. You know? So I don't get offended by the flag, but I understand why other black people are extra sensitive to it. And then I told them, you know what? I feel the same way when I go to a business and I see a Black Lives Matter sign. And like, why would you say that? Why would I feel that way? Because every most interactions I've had with people wearing BLM shirts has been overly negative. Never good. Nobody wearing a BLM shirt has ever came up to me and offered to buy me a meal. But every time I've gone into a restaurant and there's a BLM sign, I decide not to eat there because I believe that somebody's going to spit in my food. I believe that somebody's going to take my food or do something to my drink because of my uniform or what I represent. And I feel like that's an absolutely fair analogy. I've had nobody that Nobody that wears the BLM shirt that just comes up to me and gives me a hug. They don't come up to me thanking me for my service. None of that. It's usually always been something negative. And I have to, I'm on guard, man. I'm on guard because the last year, anytime I see that BLM logo or sign or something with a black fist, that represents to me hatred for who I am and what I do. And when I go up to a restaurant and I see that Black Lives Matter sign out front, that tells me, you know what, officer? You are not welcome. You and your kind are not welcome. It's like being in the 1960s where you just see a no colors allowed sign, man. That's that's what I see when I see that. And I don't want y'all to sit up here and think, Dex up on him whining on his podcast. He need a safe space. Let me tell you something, bro. I don't need no safe space, man. Not at all. You can say whatever you want to me, however you want to me. I don't care. If you know that the things that have been said and done to me this last year during all this craziness when America lost its mind, man, you would you don't even y'all don't even know the half, the half of it, the threats. I've talked about it here and there, yo, but y'all don't even understand, man. It's it's disheartening. It gets hard, but like I said, I don't need no safe space, man. You know why? Because I'm not a punk. I'm not a privileged piece of crap. 
Dude, I dwell in chaos. Chaos is all I know. That's all I know. War, fighting, shooting. That's all I've done for the last 15 years of my life. And that is where I find my peace and comfort. I'm not saying I need a safe base. All I'm saying is I need a place where I can go, where I can learn to enjoy just kind of being normal. I don't want a safe space for cops or a safe space because I'm black. I want a place where I can have some peace, where I can learn to love my children and learn to love my family and take care of myself. I don't care who comes in that space. You could come anywhere you can go you want. I really don't care. I just need that, man. That's Maybe that's just me. I want to just be able to go enjoy a football game again and watch a football game without having all of this black, white crap that the media keeps drumming up, thrown in my face. I just want to cut on a movie, enjoy a movie where the cop is the hero in the end. That's all I want. I really don't want much, man. Like, I just, dare I say, I just kind of want to be normal. But it's so hard to be normal when, like I said, all I've done, all I've known is chaos. All I've known is war. All I've known is fighting. I just want to be normal. That's all, man. I want to raise my kids. Love on my children. I want to love on my wife and grow old with her. Not always feeling the need to save everybody and constantly looking over my shoulders. I want to be able to walk around one day comfortable without a gun. That's what I want. I say I don't need a safe space to do that. Dexter Pitts is not for safe spaces anywhere. There's no such thing as sacred places. Well, excuse me, I will say, yeah, the church to me is the only place that should be sacred where none of this crap is. But as we see, the devil's been busy, ladies and gentlemen, and he is hard at work and he's getting his agenda done. We are splitting at the seams as a country. And we are now these days calling the things that used to be frowned upon good. And the good things are now being frowned upon. Don't know how we got here, but. Still hoping and praying that we could turn the ship around some way, somehow. And I'm going to do my part to help. I hope that y'all chip in to help as well. And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and end it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank y'all for tuning in again to the I Am Pits podcast. I appreciate you all. And if you're still listening, do me a favor. Please go to my Podbean page and leave a comment, like some of the episodes and such, and share, please. Trying to get the trying to get the word out, man. Thank y'all so much for y'all support and thank you for your time, most importantly. Y'all take care. Have a good one.